Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever online gathering of the town church from my house. <laughs> uh, please forgive any technical issues. We've never done anything like this before. I am using like a teleprompter and it might stop working. I've tested it, but who knows? Uh, if I don't know you, my name is Nate Downey and I am a pastor of town church for our church for our community, and really for our world. These are unprecedented times. I'm going to skip this up here. Um, and, and what we know in, in these days is that we're all trying to adjust. Uh, in the last few days, few weeks, our lives have been turned upside down. Our, our routines, our habits, our preferences, the way we do things, they've all just kind of gone out of the window and something that has been helpful to me is to try and get back to normal in the ways that I can. So, yes, my kids are home from school. My work schedule is different. Uh, things have been canceled that I was looking forward to. But what can I do that I was doing before? Going back to what I know is solid and reliable, that's been a source of comfort to me during a difficult time. And as a church, we are facing some of the same challenges. Our life together, the way we've done things as a church community, those have gone out the window and things are going to look different over the next days, weeks, maybe months. But, but what can we do as we navigate these days together as a church community? We can keep growing. Uh, we can keep growing together in Jesus we can keep trusting God and we can go back to what we already know is true. And though in many ways this online gathering is different, um, we're going to do what we always do as a church. And that's to go to the scriptures, to go to God's word that he's given to us. And so today we're going to spend some time in Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is part of a collection of Hebrew songs that are known as the Psalms of Ascent. And this collection of prayers were sung, uh, songs sung by Jewish pilgrims as they made their way to Jerusalem for the three annual holy festivals of Passover and Pentecost and the Day of Atonement. In the time that these Psalms were written, and on into the time of Jesus, Jerusalem was the place where God's presence lived, dwelled, where earth and heaven met together in the temple on Mount Zion. And so, so these songs of ascent, they're pilgrim songs. They're songs of people who are on a journey to meet with God. Now, during a time when we are being asked to shelter in place, a sermon about a trip or journey might seem a little strange, <laughs> but even as we are staying home, even as our lives have been limited in many ways, we are all on a kind of journey right now. As disciples of Jesus, our life is a journey, and this season right now is an opportunity for us to grow and to mature as people who follow Jesus. Now, here's a bit of a disclaimer. Psalm 121 isn't going to give us the secret 
of escaping adversity and difficulty and fear and discomfort, but it does teach us how to pray and it teaches us how to grow as disciples of Jesus in the midst of our journey, in the midst of the difficulties of life. Contrary to what many people think and and maybe what some of you think, Christians, people who follow Jesus, we're not a different or special kind of people. We are people who eat and people who sleep and worry and celebrate and grieve and love just like everybody else. And we are asking the same questions as everybody else. Who am I? What's my place in this world, how am I supposed to live and navigate difficulty? Where do I find my significance? Why do bad things happen to me and people that I love? What is my relationship with God, with this, with the divine? So, so Christians, we ask all the same questions. We have the same fears, the same concerns the same experiences of of something like we're going through now. But what makes followers of Jesus distinct is how we answer these questions. The Christian faith doesn't answer these questions from within ourselves, but from an external source, from an outside revelation. We believe that God has revealed himself through Jesus Christ, and God's shown us who he is and what he's like in Jesus. So the the Christian faith believes that God has given us the answer to these questions and maybe not the specific answers to every question that we have and maybe not with the kind of detail that we would like. But in the end, Christians believe that God has given us everything we need to know about him and about these questions. So again, we all have questions. God has given us the answers to those questions, and he tells us how to to get to him, how to have access to him, and he gives us help for that journey. So the psalm we're looking at today will help us see that path and the grace that God gives us to walk in it. So let's read Psalm 121, a song of ascents. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Let's take a minute and pray together. Father in heaven, I ask that you would be with us as we've gathered together in our homes Uh, on our computers, our phones, our TVs, and we're in different places all around Eureka and McKinleyville and Fortuna and Arcata, wherever you have us. And we're, we're missing, uh, being with each other this morning. And I pray that you would give us 
a sense of your presence and our community together in Jesus as we come together to worship you, to look to you, and to ask, where does our help come from? So lead us now as we come to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's go back to the beginning here. My teleprompter moved too far forward. <laughs> uh, this this ancient song uh, begins with a question. Here, let me pull my other notes up here. Um, we're, we're, this song starts with a question, a question that I think we've all asked at some point. Where does my help come from? Where where do we look for help? Now, I think we should consider this. Where do you look for help when something's going on? When you have a question, when you are wondering what to do? A lot of times we are taking our phones out and we're looking down at our phones. Um, and, and just think over the past few days, how much time have you spent on your phone uh, the past few days? For the ancient Near Eastern cultures, uh, that question they would answer uh, by looking up. They looked up to the mountains. And throughout the history of human civilization, people have equated mountains with deities, with a higher power or the gods. Uh, Climbing guide Stuart Green, he says, mountains are sacred places. They're places where the land nears the heavens, and in many religions, mountains form links between the earth and the limitless sky above. The summits of mountains are also sacred places. It's there. Sorry, my prompter stopped working again. It's there, uh, poised on that lofty point between heaven and earth, that humans have been able to draw close to the spirit world. So the question that's being asked, uh, where does my help come from? It's the same question that, that a Philistine or an Egyptian or an Israelite might ask uh, 2,000 years ago. Where do I go when I need help? Where will the rain come from? What do I do when I've done something wrong that displeases the gods? Where does my help come from? question is the same. But verse 2 of Psalm 121 gives us an answer to that question. We look up, yes, but we don't stop at the mountains. The help that we're looking for doesn't come from the mountains themselves or from the deities who live there. Our help comes from the God who made the mountains. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So where does my help come from? What supports me? Who holds me up? And it's the God of the universe. It's the God who made all things. And it's this God, this God who made all things. That's who has come near and lives among his people on the top of one specific hill in the temple that was built on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. It's not that mountains themselves are the place where help comes from. Help comes from one place, not the hill itself, but from the God who created the hill and and has made a way for the pilgrim to meet him there. 
the structure of, of Psalm 121. It's really very simple. Verse 1 is a question, and verse 2 gives the answer. There's not a lot of nuance or subtlety here. You don't have to interpret a lot of things. There's a question. There's an answer. Done. This is an open and shut case. Dilemma solved. Verses 1 and 2. So, why are there six more verses? And I think this is why. Because we may intellectually believe that God is the source of our help, but we have a hard time actually practically believing that God is the source of our help. We may have the answer to our question, but we still have our doubts. And that becomes particularly true during times like we're experiencing now, where the theory of what we believe crashes into the reality of the moments that we're living in. Now, isn't this something that we can all identify with? Yes, I believe you, God. I believe you'll provide for my needs. I believe that you are good and that you'll satisfy my every longing and desire. I believe that my identity is in you and that I don't need to earn the approval of others. I believe those things. We believe those things, but we still have our doubts. So like a pilgrim leaving on a journey to Jerusalem, the holy city, we know where we're going. We know our destination, but we worry about the trip. The road is long and dangerous. And the rest of this psalm tells us, here's the specific reasons why we can trust God to care for us on our journey as we grow as disciples of Jesus following him. So first we see that the Lord is our guide in verses three and four. Now, whenever we are in an unfamiliar place, it helps to be with someone who knows their way around. Uh, For instance, uh, I have never gone whitewater rafting. Now, it would be very foolish of me to rent a raft and pick a random spot on the Trinity River and just launch my raft. Uh, because I don't know how to start. I don't know how to paddle. I don't know what gear to bring. And I definitely don't know how to get myself out of trouble. On our journey as followers of Jesus, we often don't know which way to go. How do we deal with this difficulty or that opposition? And the gift of the community of the church is, is a beautiful blessing. Most of us have been helped so much by other people who have navigated difficult parts of this journey of following Jesus. But but what we need to see is that incredibly God gives us more than just a community. He also gives us himself. He himself is with us on our journey. Verse 3 says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The God who created heaven and earth is our guide. And the psalmist tells us that that on our journey, he will direct our path onto solid footing. He will guide us to walk on a path where we will not slip off into danger. So not only does our guide show us the way to a safe journey, he actually watches over us while we rest along the way. He will neither slumber nor sleep. Like many of you probably, I enjoy watching Western films. 
uh, westerns. And it seems like in every western, there's some scene where the leader of whatever journey the group is on, okay, tells them we got to make camp and they make a fire and they get settled in for the night. And the leader will say something like, I'll take the first watch. Their journey is dangerous and they need someone to, to stay awake, to watch over the others while they sleep. We sleep better. We rest when we know that we are being watched over. We are vulnerable when we sleep and we feel the need for safety while we rest. And this is why we have alarm systems and locks on our doors and dogs that bark to alert us of possible danger. But but more than that, this psalm tells us the God who made all things, heaven and earth, watches over us while we sleep. He is mindful of us. He knows our fears and he watches over us. I think though that promise uh, right now feels like an incredibly important and meaningful. Uh, Charles Spurgeon uh, in a quote says that God is the convoy and bodyguard of his saints. When dangers are awake around us, we are safe for our preserver is awake also and will not permit us to be taken unawares. No fatigue or exhaustion can cast our God into sleep. His watchful eyes are never closed. Next, we see that the Lord is our protector. The Lord is our guide and the Lord is our protector. Verses 5 and 6. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. Now, these verses speak of the nearness of God, that he is not watching over us from far off, far away. He's, he's close. He's with us, present on our journey, on our right hand. So in all conditions, whatever season, day and night, he is our protector. I was uh, recently talking with someone who worked at Mount Whitney, uh, and and their job was to make sure that people were accounted for each day. And she was talking about how the weather could change at any moment there. And because the summit of Mount Whitney is above the tree line, it was just incredibly exposed. There was nowhere for people to hide, nowhere for people to find shelter. So if a thunderstorm appeared, anyone on the mountain would be dangerously exposed to lightning. Now, this psalm tells us, that the God who made heaven and earth, the one who created, the one who maintains, controls, and directs all things, that God, he is our protection. He is our shelter as we walk through dangerously exposed places. When storms arise, he is near, right by our side. And incredibly, the, the writer of this psalm says that the Lord himself, the one who made heaven and earth, he is like a servant or a bodyguard who's attending a master, attentive to their needs from protection, from danger. Uh, James Boyce, he says that nothing either of the day or night can harm us if God is keeping guard. God is our covering against every calamity. He is our shade against the visible perils of the day, as well as the hidden perils of the night. 
So God is our guide. God is our protector. And finally, we see that the, that God, the Lord is our keeper, our keeper. Verses seven and eight say that the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This old, old song uh, finishes with a, a really comprehensive picture of God as our keeper, as our guardian. And we can know what kind of God he is by the way he cares for us on our journey. God will keep us from all harm. That's the promise. God will watch over our lives. God will watch over our comings and goings. And God will do all of that, both now in this present moment and forever. And this is a promise that offers us incredible assurance on our journey Uh, In these present moments, we can trust that God is with us in all things. He's with us through all evil, in all places, at all times. And now this isn't a promise that we'll never experience evil or harm, but, but instead we're promised that we will reach our destination in spite of the evil that we experience along the way. He will not abandon us along the way. He will keep us to the end. As Eugene Peterson says, all the water in the oceans cannot sink a ship unless it gets inside, nor can all the trouble in the world harm us unless it gets within us. That is the promise of this psalm. None of the things that happen to you, none of the troubles you encounter have any power to get between you and God or dilute his grace in you, or divert his will from you. The God who made heaven and earth is our guide, our protector, our keeper. Now, five times in this psalm, God is spoken of by his name, uh, which is Yahweh. And, and this isn't a title. Uh, it's, it's not a job description. Yahweh is the name that God gives himself in the Old Testament. Literally, it means to be, but it means more than to exist. It means to be actively present. Uh, it, it means that, that he is a God who is with us, who is present with us. He's not some far-off deity sitting in a control center. Again, Eugene Peterson, uh, with a quote here, he says, God is a present help in every step of the way that we travel. So we're seeing here that this is not just an ancient song for travelers on the road to Jerusalem for, for a holy festival that, uh, that happened many years ago. It's an invitation. This psalm's an invitation. It's a promise for us as we continue to ask the question, in our lives as disciples of Jesus. We're asking it today, this week, where does my help come from? Where do I go when I am overwhelmed? And there's no better answer to this question than to look to God's final answer. And that answer is his son, Jesus. Think of Jesus. Jesus didn't wait for us to come to the place where heaven met earth. In Jesus, Heaven came to earth 
to be God with us. And we can look to the hill where he gave himself on the cross to be our help. He served us. Jesus served us so that we might enjoy his eternal shelter. There is nothing that can separate us from his love. Let's pray once more. Father, thank you for the gift of Psalm 121. And thank you for the gift of your presence, that you are our guide, that you are our protector, that you never leave us, that you will never abandon us. And, and I know for, for us over these past few days and, and as we look ahead, uh, we need these promises, we need these truths, uh, and we need faith. And so I pray that you would help us individually and as a church community to look to you to be our help, to show us the way, to be present with us, and that we would uh, look to Jesus continually as we face these challenges, as we answer the questions that not only are in our own hearts, but in uh, in our friends, uh, in our family members, and, and the questions our kids are asking us as they look ahead as well. Would you help us to continue looking to Jesus? And I pray that uh, that you give us a longing for you and a longing for one another in these days uh, and that we wouldn't settle for any substitutes, uh, for any cheap knockoffs, but we would only go to you, the real thing, during this time uh, and on into the future. We love you and we thank you for your grace in these days. Thank you for being our ever-present help in times of trouble. And we pray this all in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. I'm going to go off script here because I don't have any more script, Town Church, but I just want to say how much I love you and how much I miss you uh, and how much I look forward to being all together again when we're able to do that. And I just want to encourage you uh, to keep connecting with each other um, whenever possible, however possible. Text each other, call each other, use Zoom, use FaceTime, uh, send an email, send a, a physical, actual letter uh, do things to show love and care for one another and, uh, and do the same for your neighbors, for your coworkers, for all the people in your life who are, who are asking the same question. Where does my help come from? That we could be a, a declaration and a display of the good news of Jesus. I love you, Town Church. And thank you for, uh, for joining us today. And we'll keep, keep working on the technology side of it. Maybe we can get the sound a little better or, add in some uh some explosions or visual effects i'm not really sure but <laughs> we'll uh we'll see what we could do all right i love you guys i will see you soon